Hello, Internet. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we said we were going to do hi, Internet. Why would I say hi? I always say hello. I know, but this, is the, this isn't the show. This is a commercial for the show. I thought we said we were going to do it different. I always say hello, Rod. I, you, all right, fine. Say whatever way you want to, Chris. It doesn't matter what I say anyway. Hello, Internet. You did. Fine. You got your hello in. And now I'm Rod Morgan. You can listen to us on Balls and Brew, where we'll argue about many things, even more inane than what you just heard us argue about there. I promise. Right here on the Morgan Eno Podcast Network. Come on in, guys. Let's talk about season 42 of Survivor. My name is Rod Morgan, and I am your host. This podcast is executive produced by James Jamriska, and joining me is my co-host in life and my co-host on this podcast, the Mrs. Morgan, you know, Kate Morgan. Hello. Here, we recap last week's episode just ahead of tonight's episode to get you ready to outwit, outplay, and outlast in 15 minutes or less. So let's get to the quick and dirty recap. As always, we start with the lovely Mrs. Morganino. Okay, so we are on episode eight. You better be wearing a seatbelt. So the episode begins with the newly formed Kula Kula tribe reconvening after Lydia is ousted at the last tribal council. Now, most of the members are in on this vote, as we recall, right? We had the alliance of eight that went down to seven after Lydia went out. So the folks who were out on the vote were Chanel, Marianne, Romeo, and Tori. Now, Chanel, Marianne, and Romeo are all a little bit worried. Hold up, we did not know that this was going to happen. Tori... True to character, honestly, was just not that worried about it because she had the immunity idol, but everybody else was very wary as to where they're going next. We will get to Tori a little bit more at the end when we get to our people, but there's a there's a lot of Tori energy that is just careening off of all of the trees and beaches of the island, and we will get to that. So we then go into the reward challenge, which essentially involves a lot of swimming and basketball, with the reward being peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and chips, the childhood favorite meal. Uh, so Jonathan and Lindsay start the challenge, I have to mention this, with two of the most beautiful swan dives I've ever seen. Like, a lot of folks are giving Jonathan all the props for this because his dive was beautiful, but so was Lindsay's. Listen, Kate was ready to figure out how to become a judge for I diving. Really she was ready to start volunteering at local high schools here and trying to work her way up so that someday she might be able to judge diving in the Olympics. She was all <laughs> in on these dives. So then we get into the basketball portion where Omar really kills it, does his best with three shots right in a row, but loses on the last shot. And so we have people scrambling in the water, trying to get the ball back to him, which gives enough time for Jonathan, who was in the water for the other team, to get out and land five shots in a row, which is, I mean, pretty typical of what Jonathan does on this show. I'm going to say a little something here. Murphy's Law. It's something that us Morgans believe in an awful lot. What you don't want to happen will ultimately happen. And Omar does so great nailing three shots right in a row, misses a couple, nails the fourth shot. But then on the fifth shot, he proceeds to have his worst miss of the day, and the ball careens off a good 10 or 12 feet away from the basket, so his retriever has to take a couple of extra minutes to swim out and get it. And during that time of just trying to retrieve what would have been his final winning ball, Jonathan banks five straight. And again, proves himself to be one of the all-time challenge beasts we've ever had to deal with on the history of Survivor episodes. So Jonathan's team wins the reward, and on his team are Tori, Roxroy, Mike, and Chanel. And so then they get their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and their chips, and they look delicious, lovely. 
So then they go to the immunity challenge, and they're as they're going into the immunity challenge, the talk once again at camp is that Tori is the person who needs to go home. Until, once again, Tori wins individual immunity, which outs jo- Jonathan. She beats him. Yeah, I mean, if we needed any more evidence that Tori is going to be the villain of this show, I mean, she continues to get the villain edits all the time. I mean, when we're coming back from votes, when we're getting ready for challenges, when people are talking on the island, they're always talking about Tori. Tori is always on the lips of everyone, and she is definitely the villain so far this year. Day 16 is the immunity challenge. That we already said she won, but... But the other players in this challenge must balance a be- balance on a beam holding a ball with two sticks. We didn't talk about what the challenge was. So this is ultimately one of those challenges where maybe maybe everybody feels they might be able to get the jump up on Jonathan. But it turns out he's just as good at balancing on a balance beam as he is at all of the physical activity. So he gets right up there near the top, but ultimately does not win. So in this, in the very beginning, before the challenge began, J- Jeff breaks that fourth wall once again and tells the audience that he's willing to let six to four players sit out the challenge uh, in favor of Rice if they'll agree to do it so that only six or four are actually competing. So he ultimately lands on four players who sit out, and those people are Lindsay, Drea, Marianne, and Omar decide to sit out so they can get Rice for the team, and that's why the other players compete. Um, And then so the people we have competing were High, who is out almost immediately. I mean... Dude, barely balanced for a second. If I were Omar, who is the last of the four players to decide to sit out, I would have been hot mad. But you also you also had Chanel, Jonathan, and of course, Tori, again, the winner. And Mike as well. Mike, who basically oh, yeah. just completely writes off to everybody, I came here to play, which I'm not really sure if that's a great thing to say when everybody in your camp is looking at you to maybe try to get them some rice and you're just, hey, man, I came here to play. But everybody likes Mike, so it's just completely glossed over and it's fine. He competes in the challenge. So back at camp after the reward challenge, uh, the clear vote at that point, since Tori has immunity, is Chanel, even though Romeo is paranoid AF, okay? And it almost sends him home because people are like, we can't deal with this negative energy, this paranoia. I mean, he he could have been just fine. And honestly, I don't even think people were really thinking about him until he starts stirring the pot for himself, which is sort of unreal. Chanel actually plays it pretty cool at camp, doesn't seem phased at all, but she is the one who goes home. And you can see when she does go home, she is absolutely blindsided by it. Yeah, she is. And she's also one of the ones who uh, I kind of like it when you get voted out of Survivor and you're real salty. You don't necessarily look back at everybody and say, congratulations, good for you guys, hope you win. And Chanel absolutely proves this. And one other thing I want to point out here is this is Mike wielding his power. Okay, Mike has it personal in for Chanel. She cast a vote against Mike early on in the program, and Mike did not know why she did that, where it came from. He absolutely remembered about it, and the first chance he had at getting revenge upon her and sending her home, he absolutely did. So as we've talked about in previous episodes, Mike, with his great social game, wielded some of that power right there to get rid of Chanel. Let's move into twists and turns. All right. Now, as we're going into the reward challenge on day 15, Jeff again breaks that fourth wall and tells us that he has once again hidden a beware advantage 
in the sit-out bench. So whichever contestant does not get to participate in the reward challenge may be able to get themselves something better than an actual reward. So in this challenge, in the very beginning, uh, the teams draw rocks, and the person with the gray rock must sit out the challenge. The person who draws that gray rock at first is Marianne. Um, but Drea ultimately says, hey, I don't like peanut butter and jelly. And I think she also noticed that her team that she was chosen for did not include Jonathan and probably had very little chance of winning anyway. And she's the one who decides to to sit out. Uh, but because of this, Drea is the one who finds the knowledge's power advantage under the sit-out bench. And I don't think she was expecting that because in one of her confessionals, she says, man, who knew that me not liking peanut butter and jelly would actually lead to this? Yeah, she does try to play it off pretty cool, but I do happen to wonder how much she thought there may be something there for her. Now, we all know that no one from this season saw the previous season, but we do remember that Drea basically predicted exactly what Roxroy was going to be up to when he came back from his time away. So I wonder if she was just playing cool and maybe had an idea that she could get something out of it. She has a lot, a lot figured out in this game. I don't know if it goes to... She got some intel at some point prior to playing this game. I'm not sure how or that she's just really, really smart. I like Drea a lot, so I'm going to go with she's really smart. Either way, she's using whatever it is she knows to her advantage. So the knowledge is power advantage. We saw this last season, and what it does is it allows the player to who has it to ask any other player during Tribal Council whether they have an idol or an advantage, and the player must then answer truthfully and then turn over their idol or advantage to the player who is asking. So Drea could use this at any tribal council. She already knows a few other people who have immunity idols based on the weird phrase idol that she has and that Mike has and that Marianne has. She could ask them and and get their <coughs> idol at any point, which I think is really interesting. So she does return to the beach. Uh, what she has to do before she has that power, though, is she has to follow the instructions on the piece of paper she's given on the sit-out bench. She goes to the water well, she finds the advantage, and she has to dig in red paint to find it in this little hole. Um, so she's really caught red-handed, which is what the clue says. And if she doesn't wash off the red paint right away, she's screwed. She gets most of it off, Tori being the snaky person that she is notices some of it. Drea doesn't do a great job of covering it up. So now we're not really sure what Tori knows or what Tori doesn't know but about let's, Drea. Let's pause there for a second because we remember in season 41 with the knowledge is power advantage. It sounds great at first, but the more people that then know you have the ability to ask this question, they can start to play games. Whereas we remember there was a very pivotal moment in season 41 where one of the contestants was asking another contestant who she was certain had an individual immunity idol. That person had, however, given the individual immunity idol to someone else before tribal council, their for answering the question truthfully by saying, no, I don't have an advantage idol. So really, if you have this knowledge is power, you want to try to keep it to yourself. And now we know that Tori, because she is the villain, knows something's up. Yeah, but Drea has more power, I think, than we've ever seen any player have at one time in this game. So let's recap. She has an advantage amulet. She has an immunity idol. She has an extra vote. And she has the knowledge is power advantage. Now, 
aside from the knowledge's power advantage, other players in some way, shape, or form know about the other three. Maybe not all of them, maybe not even two of them, but there are folks who know about one or more. So I I think that it will be interesting because I think she'll keep that one secret, knowing that the other players do know about the other idols and advantages that she already has. Yeah, I think the three things that people know about basically just give her power and clout, right? Everybody has to come to her with everything that's going on on the beach, and everybody has to factor her into all decisions. And at certain times, they're going to be afraid to even target her because she has all of that power. But the actual ace in the hole, so to speak, Mm -hmm. I think you're right, babe, is going to be the knowledge is power. Yeah, yeah. So Drea continues to be a serious player. One of my favorites. Um, and so I'm looking to forward, forward to seeing what she does. So some of our other people, right, to wrap up this episode. We have Mike, who has been one of our favorites since the beginning. We learn he is 55 years old, and he continues to have an incredibly strong social game. We learn that he is part of the over 55 crowd. Mike, again, being like so many people on television, doesn't want to really reveal his actual age, but he reveals he's the over 55 crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah, he reveals okay. that. I wrote that note down bad. We real little look behind the curtain here. I take notes during the actual episode, <laughs> and then the Mrs. Morganino crafts the outline because she is far more of a dedicated and talented writer than I am. So she crafts the outline, but I take the notes, and my note was not very clear on that. But Mike is at least 55, maybe a little older. But yeah, his social game is, I mean, he's one of those guys who you see every once in a while in Survivor who just has that aura about him that everyone comes by Mike, right? Every decision that happens on the beach, when are we eating, what are we eating, what's happening with water, who are we getting out, who's who's getting annoying, everything comes through Mike. Drea, we also mentioned, is a big-time serious power player. But also, one thing I want to mention about Mike really quickly is that, like, I think he his social game is so strong because he very much engages in other people's lives. And in this episode, he is very much interested in Omar's faith. We see him watching him pray. We see him asking very thoughtful questions. And I think that's what draws people to him because he's interested in their lives. He's not just somebody that folks are afraid of or who don't want to confront or like, oh, is he going to do this or this? No, it's because he seems like a really genuinely nice human being. So far, right? So far, I'm definitely Mike. Mike's one of my guys, but you got to remember these people know they're playing a game. So it'll be interesting to see if Mike's personality takes a turn at any point. He's definitely a power player. Drea, we mentioned all the reasons why she is a power player. Tori, real quickly, I just want to mention that continues to be the villain and like just she's one of those people that like, of course, Tori's the one that finds Drea with the red paint on her hand, right? Of course, Tori's the one that wins two immunity idols in a row, right? Of course, Tori is the one who has a blood feud with Roxroy and makes it weird for everybody, right? Of course, Tori is weird and says off the wall things, right? She just completely throws everyone's energy off on the island and it will be interesting to see if she doesn't win another immunity, how quick everyone will convalesce around her to get her out. Very true. Another person we've loved since the beginning is Hi, who is the person at Tribal Council to say you better be wearing your seatbelt, which gives us the the title of the episode. Um, And also an audible response from the tribe, which I was like, really? It's not that great of a line, guys. Like, come on. I've never heard the tribe really react like that. And I'm with you. I didn't think that line was all that great, but it got like the greatest reaction ever. I was like, I think that they are lacking of levity and comedy in this tribe if that's what gets the reaction. Anyway, um, during tribal council, though, I do want to note that 
Hi gets a super random vote from Romeo. Like the the vote either goes toward Chanel or Romeo with the one exception of the one vote being for Hi and that comes from Romeo and it's ridiculous. So one thing we can say that we got wrong in our last episode is that perhaps that sideline alliance between Romeo and Hi that we predicted is actually not there at all. Yeah, seems like they're uh, they tend to be a little bit dramatic. Each of them, let's say, just because they've told us that from their own personality, is uh, is going a more uh, oil and water and not uh, oil and vinegar and coming together. That's definitely what it seems to be happening with those two. And uh, I want to point out one little thing about our guy Omar here. Looked really, really good in the challenge. Had the great religious moment with Mike, but I fear. And now, Mrs. Morgan, you know, I know you disagree with me on this, but I fear that Omer is a little too chatty, a little too I'm talking to everybody, a little too I'm cutting deals, a little too willing to say to one person I might be willing to vote this other person out. Now, he has not explicitly promised anyone that they are his number one, but he is certainly involved in every conversation that's going on in the island. And I think that's going a little bit too far to the sun, a little bit Kid Icarus wings melt when you get too close to the sun. I think he's playing it just right. I think that he is doing a good deal of listening and not very much of promising, which is the big difference that we're seeing when other people have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of irons in the fire. And I think he's just listening to a lot of people and being present for a lot of people. And I think that it could actually pay off. So we'll see where that goes. One more note on one of our people is Romeo. He is losing his shit out there and he needs to get it together. His paranoia is on a whole other level. Like we said earlier, it is annoying some people. (laughs) It is making some people think a lot differently about him. So we'll see how much longer Romeo actually sticks in the game. So next episode. One thing that we were thinking about when we were looking at previews for the next episode and whatnot is that there have been no live tribal councils this season, which I find find really interesting because we've seen those in most recent seasons a lot. Well, we just spoke a little bit about Romeo and paranoia there, right? And I think paranoia is what leads these folks to have live tribals, right? Everybody's just so paranoid when they get to tribal council that they no longer feel confident in where their votes will go down and other than Romeo being paranoid this year, and we saw everyone's response to his paranoia, it leads me to believe that we might be a couple weeks away from live tribals, but the minute a live tribal happens, the dynamic on the island is going to completely switch. Now, what we did see in previews for tonight's episode is that two people win immunity and two people are going home. We also see a possible men's alliance forming, which I think could be quite interesting too, and probably doable. And in this way that doesn't irritate me. Like, I I really like a lot of the men on this season, and I could see that playing out to be a really strong alliance. I wonder what it is about Roxroy, too, because parts of Roxroy's personality could rub you the wrong way a little bit, right? Kind of telling everybody what to do, how to do it. That's not necessarily something you love. You you can speak for yourself. You can do things for yourself. You're not someone that needs a whole lot of help unless you ask for it. And Roxroy is definitely that guy who's going to offer help for you, whether you ask for it or not. But you like Rox, and you definitely like Mike, and you definitely like Jonathan, and you definitely like Omar. And so I think what it speaks to is... And hi. Yeah, it speaks to athletic... Men who sometimes can get targeted on this show, but they are not carrying themselves the way that sometimes athletic men who do well in challenges on this show do. They seem, all of them seem incredibly self-aware in their own ways. And we've talked about how self-aware Roxroy is, which I think is what saves him and his social game is that he knows when he's pushing it too far and when he needs to back off a little bit. I sense that same self-awareness with Jonathan, 
with Mike, with Omar even, maybe not as much with Hai, but I think that it could be a really strong alliance and I'm sort of looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, the last note I'm going to say here is just on high. I wonder if he might be getting a little drunk with power, right? He's been able to kind of sway the way that the votes go for a couple weeks now, and then he got his big response out of everybody at Tribal last week. It'll be real interesting to see if things are starting to go to high's head a little bit and he makes a move that he can't quite back up. Yeah, I think the other interesting pieces of this will be how much power Drea has. As we've already mentioned, Marianne also has has an immunity item. We didn't mention so, her much this episode. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, and Marianne was actually kind of a lot on this episode and playing the sympathy card and trying to act strategic. But I don't even want to get into her right now. So we will see where her idol falls, where she falls, and what all of the power Drea has, where that goes to. Well, all of that will be answered for you later this evening when we watch Survivor Season 42, Episode Number 9. Don't forget that we will be back next Wednesday right before Episode Number 10 to talk all about it with you here on the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. Thanks to Jimmy Jamriska for producing. Thanks to you for listening most of all. But, of course, thanks to my lovely co-host, the Mrs. Morgan You Know. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 